0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And with that, you got to be rubbing. And we still haven't really seen Paul. We still haven't truly seen. Now we see Kayvon Thibodeau grow for a couple weeks. Ojalari hasn't been healthy enough when he's been out there. He's had spurts. We haven't seen those two together with Dexter Lawrence performing at this level and a healthy Leonard Williams. And that with Wink Martindale can make it, you know, blow. You're talking about teams. How do the Niners keep getting to NFC championship games and Super Bowls? Their wins up front. This is what the Giants are building here, Paul. Suddenly you look up, they got really good interior. Their pass rushers look like, you know, can be really good pass rushers here. So with that, Paul, we kind of look at the injuries. And again, as we always like to tell you, depending on when you're listening to this, where you're listening to this, and thank you for listening to this, we are recording this on Thursday morning, so we don't have Thursday's injury report yet. But coming off of what we saw Wednesday afternoon, it feels like, at least from afar, Paul, of all these banged up guys, some of them limited in practice, Leonard Williams, At least his quotes I saw you get to Paul Schwartz. Uh, This seems like Leonard Williams thinks he's going to be ready to go for Baltimore. Well, he really hoped that he was going
1: to be ready to go last week, uh, uh, you know, in London against Green Bay. So he was inching ever so closer. I got to believe that he's got to be even closer than he was then. So, yeah, why wouldn't you believe that he's going to play this week? (laughs) Again, I want to stress that guy will chew nails for breakfast. Okay, the only reason he has not gotten in the lineup is because they're throwing this huge knee brace on him at practice every day. And it's very cumbersome. Same thing that Thibodeau's got on his sprained MCL. Okay, it has hampered both players. It has inhibited them. They're not able to do everything they want and get the explosion and the push that they want. But Thibodeau was back far enough that they didn't feel he could injure himself more. And that's why he was allowed to get back on the field. The trainers are insisting to Leonard Williams, knowing the kind of player he is and how he plays, that he needed to be protected from himself. And that's why they've held him out. But I, I do think that that he will play this week.
0: Yeah, and with that, look, um, I think the other guy that people really, really are curious about Paul, and again, maybe by the time you're listening to this, you know one way or another, it's Wandell Robinson, right? Because we keep talking about the wide receiver room and yeah. the, it's funny because I think Giant fans, because of what happened versus Green Bay, kind of look at the pedestrian names in the wide receiver room and are like, you know what, that's fine. We beat the Packers, we'll be okay. But you think about it and you salivate what the Giants have salivate over, what the Giants have been able to do with some of these rookies from the rookie class. And it feels like we we don't even realize or fathom what they may be able to do schematically with a chess piece like, piece like Wandel Robinson. That is a part of the offense that you just hope can come back soon, maybe as early as this week, and maybe not eventually. Expectations set sky high because the wide receiver positioned and, and learning the playbook and everything, but that's just a different speed element that this offense could use. Robinson, again, another guy
1: thought he was only going to miss two weeks, and, and he's going to miss more than that now. That's a surprise to him. Uh, I don't necessarily know if there was a setback, but maybe his progress was just a lot slower than they had expected. And so now here we are looking at this Ravens game with him still being limited And the hope that maybe he'll be able to make it. I will say this. The contributions they got out of Darius Slayton last week, obviously coming back from the dark side. And and Marcus Johnson, you know, the former Colt, who we mentioned, by the way, last week on the podcast, that this guy could wind up getting some burn. uh, That was valuable. He had three catches in the game.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and by the way, played the most snaps of any giant wide receiver in the game as well. All right, so Paul, as it stands as of Thursday morning, before hearing Dave speak on Thursday, before hearing the injury report, do you have any gut feels on guys that we know are banged up? Stock up or stock down on where we're trending towards Baltimore?
1: No, you know, Sean, I I don't I really hesitate to guess at this point because, like I said, I, I've I've been mis misdiagnosing Robinson and Leonard Williams for the last couple of weeks. Uh, I, I really don't even want to take a guess at this point because yeah. I just think that the, these injuries seem to have been very much along that shady area where they could or they couldn't. And I think in all honesty, we've probably seen a number of legitimate Saturday night decisions with several of these players to where on a Thursday morning, I don't think table even knows for sure which of these guys is going to go.
0: And that makes sense. And it's impossible. So as we look ahead to this week, first of all, you want to see how times have changed in New York. The jets are playing the Packers and they get the Kevin Burkhart, Greg Olson team of the number one team on Fox. The giants are playing the Ravens on CBS and they're getting the iron Eagle, Charles Davis, number two team on CBS. Suddenly, Uh, You know, New York football, you get some, you know, some of the premier announcers from the packages, which is unbelievable. But we look ahead, Ravens Sunday, one o'clock CBS. I think what everybody is going to look towards, and of course, Ravens, another team like the Packers, poor run defense. You hope Saquon's involved early and often. But really what this comes down to, and I think a debate I know I've been having with friends of mine as well, and I know it's been big in giant circles. Who gets the edge In terms of familiarity, is it Wink Martindale having the edge practicing against Lamar Jackson for all those years? Or is this the one quarterback that Wink Martindale is going to face that has a little bit of the edge because he's seen Wink in some of his schemes in practice every day? Do you give edge Lamar or edge Wink when it comes to this kind of game? Huge edge to Wink. And it's not even close. This is not a debate,
1: Sean. It's not even a debate. What Lamar Lamar Jackson knows He knows Wink Martindale's philosophies. What he does not know is how they apply necessarily to these players that he's using right now. What Wink knows is not just Lamar Jackson, He knows everything about every offensive lineman and all of the different players who are part of the Ravens offense. He knows about Dobbins. He knows about DuVernay. He knows about all those guys. He also knows about all of the defensive holdovers around the Ravens team. Think about how many players on the Baltimore Ravens roster Wink knows about when in reality the only way it works the other way is one-on-one. Lamar knows wink.
0: So no massive advantage, massive to wink Martindale. So I I've sided with you on that and I've heard a lot of the debate. Well, it cuts both ways. I don't think it does. I think also what we've learned and what we've learned to love from wink Martindale, from a giants fan perspective is that no two defensive game plans through six weeks have been the same or through five weeks have been the same, right? Because, we know that he's aggressive and he, we know he likes the <laughs> They rarely have the same players every week. Right, well, that's right, exactly. So you want to tell me, oh, he likes the blitz. Well, did he versus Chicago when they were running the ball like that? They did late versus Green Bay, but there's no way of knowing week to week what the heck Wink Martindale is going to do. So I have a hard time thinking that Lamar Jackson suddenly comes in and rolls in and knows exactly the way Wink wants to play him. Oh, by the way, it's one thing to practice against Wink. It's another thing for Wink to have game planned for you, Lamar Jackson, which he never game planned for him in practice.
1: Yeah, and and the other thing is, too, remember, we've seen how adaptable Wink is with what I call the kaleidoscope defense. Well, if he's got 25 different variations to the kaleidoscope defense, you may know that he's got 25. But which one's he going to pick on that day? Right. And which one's he going to pick in that half or that quarter? Just because you may know doesn't mean you're still going to be able to guess right and deal with it.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Now, Paul, when we last taped our podcast, we were doing it following uh, Kyler Murray's idiotic move versus the Eagles. I keep looking at my paper here, the Cowboys, obviously their win versus the Rams. And you were preparing yourself as I was. We're going to get into Ram uh, to the Ravens and Bengals. We got to watch that game live Sunday night football. Was there anything that you watched from the Ravens last Sunday that stuck out to you that you think the Giants have a real opportunity to take advantage of here?
1: Well, Again, I, I think the thing that everybody who knows anything about the Ravens uh, understands a couple things. Number one, their pass defense is is not very good. I mean, forget about the stats and the rankings. I'm not going there. I'm going by what I see on the tape. The the pass defense is unfortunately for the Giants. That's the real Achilles of the Ravens defense. And the Giants are not really right now a very strong passing team. I, I feel bad because you see the Packers rush defense wasn't very good, and the Giants were able to take advantage of that. Well, here's the problem: the the, the match the match doesn't fit here for what the
0: Giants do well. So so that's disappointing. Well, but Paul, Paul Paul they've had a lot of trouble stopping the run all year. The Ravens they're right at the bottom of the league stopping the run as well. Yeah yeah I know the numbers indicate that. But, but here's the thing. I look at their players
1: and Patrick Queen is about as athletic sideline to sideline, off the ball linebacker as you're gonna find. He can he can do things. He's led the team in tackles for the first two years of his career. Uh, and And he's legit. So I look at their front seven and I say to myself, I think they're still weaker in the secondary than they are in the front seven.